Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. You want to just read it since you're up to date with her? Fine. I mean, I'm making this up as I go. (laughs) Oh, it's it's recording me. (laughs) You know me. (laughs) Just making it up as I go. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, y'all. It's episode 29. Almost to 30. (laughs) We're almost there. It's a big milestone. It is a big milestone. They all are. Usually you have a big 30th birthday party. Oh, okay. I did. You did? Mm -hmm. What did you do? I had everybody over at our house and we had a strawberry daiquiri machine. Love it. And we had a jumpy thing. Yeah. (laughs) It was really fun. You were going to die. For my 30th birthday, only adults were present. Yes. Also had a jumpy. Oh my gosh. With the big big slide and my parents got on it and everything. It was so great. So we're, that's where we are right now in podcast life. We're almost 30. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you're right. Is that like dog years or something? Yeah, I don't know. I have to push the button. Set our timer, please. Okay. We are timing. Okay. I know you're very passionate about today's topic, so why don't you introduce us? I am so excited. You did name the episode, and I love the name, and it is called The Power of People. Mm-hmm. But really what we are going to talk about, I mean, that's what we're going to talk about, is disruption the d word and zillow and all things tech buyer seller related that people are shaking in their boots over realtors are going to disappear realtors are going to go away (laughs) the podcast is over at episode 29 (laughs) there are no more realtors we've all fallen off the face of the earth and been replaced by a robot yes there are there's one company that does that. So <laughs> right. we'll talk about it. In, in doing our research for this episode, we did learn lots of interesting tech things that are going on in the real estate world. And if you are not living under a rock and you are a realtor, someone has told you or you have read or seen something that told you you were going to be replaced yeah. by a robot mm-hmm. or a computer mm-hmm. or a website named Zillow. And I know that when we were talking, we said, this is really goes back again to mindset. This is a mindset problem that's going throughout the industry where people are living in fear about the future and what's going to happen. It's that poverty mindset going on. For sure. And I will tell you, every year I watch Brian Buffini's bold predictions. I've already brought it up once before. If you want to go, it comes out in December every year. If you want to go and watch this video, they are so great to put you in the right mindset. And in this particular one, he covers this in great detail. Hmm. And he puts up on the board, and I wrote it down for y'all, the definition of disruption. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. To change 
the traditional way that an industry operates, especially in a new and effective way. <gasps> so it's positive. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Uber, that's like a disruption. And mm -hmm. they get Netflix as a disruption. Like mm -hmm. these things can be, you know, industries are being disrupted by technology, but it's making it easier for the consumer. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So I think, and he, y'all, he went into great detail and he's so eloquent and he really talked it through. And, and if you have a minute, or 45, go and watch <laughs> this, um, go and watch the bold predictions that he did at the end of 2019. They were very good. Um, but the point is, we're just, it's a scare tactic that other, I don't even know why other realtors do it to each other. Mm -hmm. They're afraid that they're going to be replaced by Zillow and the iBuyer and that someone's going to come along and buy their house online and, you know, no realtors will be necessary. And I cannot even begin to list the number of questions that I answer for my clients, buyers and sellers every day that a computer system cannot answer. Right. It's just impossible. So I have no fear. Yeah. I mean, I read an article that said realtors are not under threat, but no. they must adapt. I That's great. And I made a note that I don't think that we should be resistant to change or progress, mm -hmm. but we also don't need to live in fear of change or progress. Like we mm -hmm. need to embrace what's happening, find a way to use it, make sure that you are constantly um, evaluating what your value proposition is. Right. And that's one of those fancy things they tell you to think of when you're taking a class about your business. But why are you better than a computer? Mm -hmm. Why are you better than Zillow? Why, to ex be able to use words to explain that because consumers don't understand if you don't explain it to them. Right. Do you want to talk about Zillow first? Yeah, because we're sort of going to beat up on them. Yeah. Um, and Lee Brown talks about Zillow in front of the Zillow rep at the last <laughs> um, realtor thing we had in Baton Rouge. And she came and spoke and it cracked me up because she's like, I mean, you know, I got the Zillow guy over here, so he's not going to like this. Um, the truth is Zillow is a business and a very good one who is adapting and changing with the market. And realtors are always complaining and moaning about other realtors giving up our data to Zillow. Right. And that they gave away the power and then they paid Zillow to have their own leads. And we've created this monster. And while I do agree that we gave them the money. So we did build that business. I mean, that. And are continuing by paying for leads that could for just sure. be ours. For sure. But I think what I wrote down and what I feel is that controlling the data isn't where our power and leverage is. As good agents, the knowledge that we have and our ability to provide advice is where our power and leverage is. Even if you have the data, the public doesn't know how to properly interpret no, it. No, they have no clue how to create a market report, how to understand days on the market, how to understand list price to sold price, how to understand the nuance between one listing to another. They don't even understand why small houses in the same neighborhood with big houses have a higher price per square foot. Mm -hmm. it's, too, it's too complicated. There is education required in being a good real estate professional. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to learn. You have to be able to talk to these things. And I know that we have a lot of newer agent listeners who probably are a little fearful and not as confident in their knowledge, but that's something you can grow every day. Literally today, you can go, well, you're listening. Yeah. So step one, yeah. you can go and learn something about market reports or CMAs or, you know, data that you can interpret for your clients. And then you will have the confidence to say, Zillow can't help you. And I, <laughs> I looked up before the show 
Um, Zillow memes are my favorite. Yeah, they're I think so they're funny. so hilarious. <gasps> and the best, I mean, there's so many good ones, but one of the best ones was, um, and you can just Google Zillow memes and they're like a bajillion. But um, you remember the Dose Keys guy? Yeah. He's got, I don't always need to know the value of my home at the top. And underneath it, it says, but when I do, I consult with a walking, talking, warm-blooded real estate professional in my area instead of a computer algorithm, which cannot possibly identify and isolate all the unique variables of my home for comparative purposes. (laughs) Very thorough explanation. but hello, all true. Yeah, and I don't really even hate, I don't hate Zillow. I don't hate Zillow either. (laughs) Like, it's just another thing. And there's so many other websites. If it wasn't Zillow, it would be something else. It would be something else. And there are others. And I mean, the data is the data and it's the facts. And it's like, you still need someone. I mean, I have sellers that send me comps on their home. Right. And at the listing appointment, I may have to explain why we can't use that comp. Or what the difference was. Or why an appraiser won't use that comp. Yes. So... There's just a lot of things that that we cannot be cut out, but I think it's important not to be naive by yeah. it and that and some of this stuff can actually make our job easier. For sure. If we eliminate the search part of the process, mm-hmm. if they if buyers and buyers are so savvy now, they're going to get on every website. Now, I do have to <laughs> tell mm-hmm. my buyers sometimes because they think they're going to find different houses on different websites. Right. Right. And I'm like, no, no. It's pretty much all the same. It's all the same. There's either houses that are listed or there's for sale by owner houses. Right. There are no other secret places. Right. They where, either have an agent. They're like, or they don't. Where do you find the foreclosures? I'm like, they're listed, all listed on the MLS. <laughs> yes. They're all there. They're all there. So every website that pulls MLS feed is going to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's nice that buyers can do that research because guess what? Maybe they're going to do the drive-bys. Maybe they're going to start to see, I'd rather a buyer come to me with a list of 10 houses they've actually already thought about sure. than me to try to figure out what they need. Yeah. The hard part of this is going to see the house and trying to figure out what would you offer? Mm-hmm. What what should I be worried about? What are the red flags in person in this house that you couldn't possibly see in a photo or know as a buyer? Right. I mean, you and I have a transaction right now where my buyers were like, what, um, why do I need to get the trees checked? I'm like, friend, these are very old, very large trees. trees. <laughs> I think it best while we're in the inspection, you just have them checked out. Maybe these trees are fine, but that hole at the bottom so of that So you started one, all this. Yep. It was me. <laughs> but you you got to do that. It's important. It's, it's important. important. Um, so you are able to do that part. Well, kind of talking about how you said buyers are like, well, where do we look? How do we find the secret listings? There are some companies that are buying houses. Right. And then selling them. Right. As their own. Well, because they own them. Right. So one example would be Open Door. Right. So Open Door buys houses. Okay. They make you an offer. It says that they make you a competitive offer. I I don't know what that means. I think they're using the term competitive pretty loosely. I would agree with that. And then they list them mm-hmm. and open door. They're not listed in MLS, I don't believe. Okay. And so if a buyer wants to see them, they just go up to the door, scan their driver's license, they get a code or something, and they get access to the home. And there's okay. other, I'm sure there's but other things involved aren't in that. living in any of these houses. I don't think so. Okay. So you're not going to get 
you're not going to use this method as a seller. I have heard that builders are liking this. I can see why. You know, it's, I mean, it's still to me is a risk for like theft and, and things like that. But for example, Open Door may have listings on their website that is not on for sale by owner or Zillow or anywhere else. It's only on them because they only advertise their houses. Yeah. But they're also the houses that they bought because the seller couldn't sell them. Right. So what are the odds of you wanting it? Or that they, right, right, right. And they don't buy them for market value. No. My understanding of this, they buy them for drastically under market value. So if you approach, if you go to a listing appointment and the seller asks you, well, I heard about this I buyer, maybe I'm just going to go that route. What Brian said to to do was say, oh, okay, great. Would you mind if I bought your house? And they'll say, no, why? Well, I'd be happy to match the offer of the iBuyer because they're 20 to 30% typically under market value. Mm. Well, as a, as a realtor, I know that I can turn around and sell your home for more than that. So I would love the opportunity to buy your home. <laughs> and then immediately it's like light bulbs, right. right? Because, well, wait, I didn't think about it. Right. So I like, of course, if you list it for that price to the public, it would sell. Right. Well, so do you want to just give away your equity? And or I mean, and that's fine if you are in some sort of duress or you don't want to get your house ready for sale. But I still think, why wouldn't you try? Yeah. And I think that's kind of who these people might be targeting. I know they're the ones that are in distress. They don't have funds to make repairs needed. This is a way out. They'll take a loss and call it a day. I mean, you have to think about all the people that get foreclosed on. Sometimes you come across a foreclosure and you think, why? Why didn't they just try to sell this house? Mm-hmm. Like it is perplexing, but you know what? Typically those are, they're in financial trouble for some reason. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't know there are options and they just say, forget it and like leave. And then they house is, you know, foreclosed on. Yeah. Um, so, well, there's a couple other things that I found on the National Association of Realtors website. You want me to cover them real quick? Mm-hmm. So Rex Real Estate is actually replacing realtors with robots. Like rolling robots. Rolling robots. I've seen so a video that's of interesting. this. That's so funny. So the, the, the robot has like a screen for a face, I think. Like okay. Kind of like having a FaceTime. Okay. Like there might be someone or something out in the cloud that's okay. helping you, but yeah. the robot's rolling through the house. And I wonder what if you're seeing five houses, does it drive? Does it have to get in your car? I, you know, I, mm, <laughs> I didn't research it that much. I don't think it gets in your car. What a crack up. That is If funny. you had to take the robot around town with you, I think it's stuck <laughs> in that. I th- it probably would happen in like a new construction or, yeah. but the robot is in that house. Right. Like the robot's not leaving. It's just, you're selling the house with the robot. Okay. My, like, just your house. And then Amazon is getting into the real estate market oh, a little bit. Wait, before you get into it, while okay. like literally 30 minutes ago, while we we're preparing, this is the text message I received. Amazon real estate brokerage takeover in 2020. What? The future of real estate agents and brokerages in your county. Local oh agents fight back now. And then there's a website to click on. <laughs> S to stop. Wow. <laughs> I want to, I, why? That's funny. But tell us what Amazon is doing. Well, they're doing a couple things. First, you can buy a house on Amazon now. Love it. Um, you have to assemble it, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they range anywhere from $4,000 up to sixty. Oh, wow. 60000 So if you wanted a she shed in your backyard. Yeah, like a manufactured style home. But it's Yeah, like- but they look cute. They look like little cottages, some of them. are very modern. They have some modern with sleek lines and stuff. Fun. 
Um, and then they are also building smart houses equipped with all of the Alexa technology. Oh, in the house. In the house. So they're doing a little bit of building their own, or you could buy one and build it and okay. stuff like that. How do you it mentioned that they might do some mortgage lending and insurance at some point. Why but would they, they haven't? Not? Why not? They haven't come up with it yet, though. Okay. So <laughs> it's, um, it's out there. It's a possibility. Yep. And then there was one called Ribbon, okay. which is more of a disruptor, maybe possibly in the lending industry, but not really because you still have to get a traditional mortgage. But basically, it's for competitive markets where you're constantly being beat out by cash offers. Yeah. So what happens is you borrow the money from Ribbon. Okay. And they charge 1.95% of the purchase price. Okay. Is their fee. And then you buy the house with cash. Okay. And then after you buy the house, you basically get a loan. So it's sort a, of like get a, a traditional it's mortgage. It's like a short-term loan. It's a short-term loan to help you pay cash for a house and it's win. Very interesting. Did it they is. say what markets that was common in or no? It didn't. That's very interesting. Um, but there's just, oh, one more. Um... Let's see. Oh, Upnest. Okay. Upnest is puts agent against agent. So you go in and you enter like, I want someone that is experienced in this or that. Okay. This is important to me. And then they give you like three. And it lists their percentages and stuff next to them, which oh. I'm not sure how that works. But anyway, like they're, basically. Like their commission percentage? Yeah. Oh, my. I know. I don't understand really. Okay. But then you just, it's basically making the agents compete for you so the consumer's like i want to be fought for and i want people to slash their fees and i don't know stuff like that so those were the those were the major ones that we don't really see any of any of this really going on in our market here in baton rouge yet but i know it's going on in other places like my sister lives in texas and open door there they have listings in texas she came across them yeah Okay. So it's happening out there. It's yeah. good to be aware. And, you know, it just means it's coming wherever you are. If yeah. it's not there now. It's coming for you. Yeah. But it's not doom and gloom. No, it's not. Just going to figure it out. The end will survive. Uh, the strong will survive in the end. Right. So that's what we talked about before uh, we got on. And the truth is the top agents will stay. Yes. The middle to bottom could likely get pushed out if these things continue. hmm um, so it is important to hone your craft and have knowledge and have value and provide consistent customer experiences mm-hmm. because a computer or whatever technology, a robot, isn't going to replace your specific mm-hmm. like client experience. There are just some things that robots and technology cannot do. No, Zillow has never been inside of your house. That is my other favorite meme. When the seller says, Oh, well, my estimate said you know, a million dollars, but they're in a $300,000 house. <laughs> well, Zillow hasn't been in your house. Right. Um, the other meme, the Zillow meme I loved, have you seen some of these Desperate Housewives with the cat? Yes. Like it's the Desperate yes. Housewives and then it's like the cat yes. on the other side. This one is, um, Zillow said my house is worth 400000 and then the cat says, one fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Just so funny. Uh, but it's true. It and I think true. that it's important as agents um, that we have talking points when our clients, because they're going to mention this, do not bury your head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening. Right. Be educated on what an iBuyer is. Be educated on what, you know, Zestimates and that someone might mention that. And what are you going to say when they say, well, my Zestimate said 30000 more than what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. You better have some data to back that up why you picked that number. Right. 
And they were saying in 2018, 40% of all home sales were millennials. Wow. 40%. Holy smokes. And they were saying that because of that, that's what's bringing on this, I want it now. Okay. They want everything to not only be quick, but they want it to be automated. Right. They want systems in place. Okay. They want to be guided through the process. So this is kind of a place too, as a realtor, if you don't have like templates going out to your customers explaining the process along the way. Right. If you're waiting on them to come to you and ask you all the questions because right. they haven't been guided, like you really have to say, where is my value in this transaction? Yes. Am I guiding them? Right. Am I explaining how this works? What's going on? Yeah. Um. So really just evaluating what 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 am I doing that impresses the consumer and shows my value? Well, right. And I think as I've gotten... Each with each passing year, I more and more know my value and I'm less and less afraid of Zillow or any type of disruption. Yeah. Because I know what I'm providing to each of my clients cannot be duplicated by technology or machine. I know that the knowledge I've built over 14 years in a specific market cannot be duplicated by an algorithm because I understand the nuance between having a cell tower in your backyard versus the house across the street that's on the lake. Like yes. it's not yes. it's not something that a computer can understand because every single house is different. Mm-hmm. And even and there are plenty of things that I can't explain to sellers, but I have a way better chance at it than a computer does. Well, I think it's important that you're prepared like you said to answer those questions. Yeah. When when, some, when you're at your kid's soccer game and someone is like, "What do you think about the Zillow stuff or have you heard of Open Door?" to just be able to confidently say, "Right." Yeah, I think that's very interesting. You know, I don't think that it's totally accurate. And, you know, I don't think it will replace the human that would actually come look at your home. But I find it interesting. Right. I would show no fear. Show no. Exactly. You don't need to be scared. Do not show fear. Yeah. I mean, well, right. And I think it's most people that are homeowners are going to have questions for you about real estate. Mm -hmm. And they are going to. And then when they say something like that, also say, you know, I want to be able to come. I wouldn't even dare to tell you the value of your home before I saw it. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I won't. I won't either. Sometimes even at the list when I'm in their house and they're like, so what would you list it for? I tell them I did preliminary data research. Yep. I had not seen your house before I came here. I like to leave here, go back to that research, send you a yeah. market analysis because I can't just come here and stick a number on it. Yeah. I mean, I typically will do something similar. I do the pre, I hate when people want to know all the numbers before I go. I know. And I try never to do that. Right. But in some cases, they can't decide if they want to sell at all. And so then it's almost like you kind of have to give a little. But I typically do my market report and I'll just have, what I have to do is get really specific on the CMA and write in, this house had new floors, this house had a new kitchen, whatever. So when I go and then I see theirs, uh, one particular incident, I went to the, had a, a nice couple call me off of a postcard I sent to their neighborhood. Uh, they said they, you know, had a house. It was their parents' house. The parents were, had both passed on and they wanted to sell the house. And could I come and meet with them and the brothers, you know, to see what it would be worth? And I'm like, sure, no problem. Well, I did all of the like market report and preliminary numbers. And let's just say it would have been 300 to 325. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to the house and it was like frozen in time. Oh my gosh. Like the carpet and there was a living room in the carpet for the 
carpet <laughs> in the living room, first of all, and it was green. Oh, no. And then there was like, you know, the wallpaper border mm. and the black and white linoleum tile in the kitchen. And this house, I think, was built in the 90s. But I mean, man, it, yeah. it was just everything was exactly as it was. And it wasn't in bad condition, but it wasn't in good condition. It was just. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Like these numbers are not. No houses in this neighborhood have sold looking like this. No. And so I had to tell them, look, if you have the means, it's probably not going to take you more than $25,000 to make this house market ready at three fifty. dollars mm-hmm. But if you don't have the means, you're probably going to have to sell it for two seventy five. dollars Right. So it was like, if you got money, you got to fix this thing up. Right, right. Well, that was a really funny situation because they said, okay, great. We have the money in the, in, you know, the, the state. We'll just fix it up how you tell us to. Wow. And then we'll sell it. Well, after they fixed it up, one of the three kids decided they wanted it. Oh, wow. Because it looked so much better. Yeah. And, I mean, this is a great house. It was a great house. So they bought the house. They did not even cut me out, though, and they totally could have. I was like, wow. You know what I think is funny, and I see this a lot? Realtors will share their listing from Zillow. Mm. So instead of their personal website or their company yeah. website, they share the Zillow link. Right. So you click on it and it says, for sale, 300000 Zestimate, 280 Yeah. And it's like. Don't put that out don't there. Put that, don't share that link, which Don't put differs. that juju on your own listing. Yeah. So now you're like advertising that you're asking 300000 but Zillow thinks you're overpriced by twenty. Right. I think we have to assume most buyers go there, but don't point them there. Yeah. And it just makes your uh, listing look bad if the Zestimate is I agree. Off. And it's very hard. And look, I've even had to have that conversation with sellers before. Like, hey, I know that your house is worth 300 You know your house is worth 300 The Zestimate says 280 Just want you to be mindful that buyers are going to see that. Right. I can't control that number. I can't change it. I can't but we need to, you need to know that might be why people make the offers that they make. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you know, send back your counter with your comps and maybe they come to their senses. Right. But you have to just, you have to, you can't pretend like it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. That's the other, like you just, you have to talk to it, sellers about it. You have to talk to buyers about it. I, sweet buyers. <laughs> and they go to Zillow and they're like, oh, Katie, but I found this house that I haven't seen anywhere else. I'm like, mm. Do 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 on the MLS. Yes, ma'am. It sold three months ago. <laughs> or do 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 do. It was withdrawn two weeks ago. Do, mm-hmm. You know, it was expired. Zillow's data is not perfect. Yeah, it's very. I listed far from a gorgeous it. house, and it would only pull pictures from when the house was not gorgeous, like six years ago. <laughs> so how did you? We could not get it corrected. It took. We eventually did, but it took like a week. Yeah, I mean, to get it all fixed. There were things that <sighs> right. You know, I couldn't figure out, but we (laughs) ended up getting it, you know. Thank goodness. To the realtors out there, I did learn this. Hello, Hustle Humbly friends. Hi, guys. We have an exciting announcement. It's very exciting. We are going to officially be selling our email templates. Yes, and here's the good news. It's going to be in the form of a course. So if you want to tackle making your own template or if you want to see how we've done ours and use them, there'll be some additional information beyond just the template itself. So basically, you'll have all of our templates that we use throughout the transactions that go to buyers, sellers, lenders, everything that you need. Yep. And then you will be able to edit it to fit your marketplace. Correct. And it'll be life-changing. You might even fire your assistant. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Okay, so tell them how they can 
get on the wait list for these templates. You need to go to hustlehumblypodcast.com. That's easy. We have a lot of people on this wait list. I know, they've been asking. Yes, it, we're working on it. We're wor- <laughs> it's coming very soon. Yes. Hopefully March. Stay tuned. Thanks. Okay, bye. There's a very small button on the listings that you can click if you are the homeowner. Okay. They respond much quicker because I, I was trying to fix my own listing right. and it was taking forever because I'm not a premier agent because I don't pay. You're like dirt. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't getting priority. Right. Well, my seller could go say she was the homeowner and it was fixed immediately. Uh-uh. So it's like they're catering to the public. So now well, if I have an yeah. error on one of my listings, I log out of all my stuff. And, and and then say, you pretend like this is the- my house and this oh. is wrong and it's fixed almost immediately. So there's a good little hack that for you. That is a great tip. And check your new construction listings because they are not right on the map. Oh, all they're not right on the map. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Make sure that your listings are being input with all the correct data. Yeah, even if it's not like we don't input on Zillow, but maybe when they pull it, it's mm-hmm. not right. So you need to be sure that you're checking your data everywhere. Yeah, I have to laugh on on our MLS when it pulls tax records like you can click the tax autofill and it'll pull over all the information well it just says everything is an acre right but everything is not an no, acre that'd be nice you need to be able to correct that stuff well one of the other trends that was coming up was like real estate offices being in the cloud okay. the offices are going away people are getting rid of your traditional brick and mortar mm-hmm. um and we're seeing that certainly here in baton rouge yeah. what do you think um i yeah i have thoughts <laughs> and i think that um i'm trying to see if it comes before i think so we recorded the you know what to do before you get your license and mm-hmm. how to interview a broker so brokers are hot on my mind. Sure. Um, I don't know how you work with a broker in the cloud logistically. Okay. Like if you had questions or if you were being sued, God forbid, or if you were having to go to the board for a mediation or arbitration, who shows up for that? Like, right. Well, how? Like, and I, I guess they have someone, but how well do you know that person? Do right. you feel comfortable with them fighting? Yeah. If you're in a sticky situation, but you're not yet in a complaint, like if it hasn't gotten that far, like how do you? It would be nice to have some humans and an office yeah. <laughs> where you could go and get Well, some because help. there's no office, a lot of them don't hold any deposit checks. Oh, that's right. And and I feel like that's kind of a disservice to the seller. Well, okay. I know the purchase agreement reads you still have a right to pursue legal action and stuff, but at yes. least the deposit is some skin in the game, even though our deposits are kind of a joke. Well, that's the problem. First, I think the deposits are a joke. <laughs> they are if, a joke. If you're not at $1,000 minimum. So that's the, so for those of you not in Louisiana, we are in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and the standard deposit is $1,000. It doesn't matter what the price of the home is. Yeah. I get deposits for $250, Me 500 too. I just got one for 100 bucks, and I wanted to be like, that's not even worth putting one here. No, I don't want to collect it. And I'll tell you why it's not worth it in case you're in another market. If there is a dispute, our broker cannot disperse, if I'm the listing agent, my broker cannot disperse the deposit if there's a dispute between the parties. They have to turn it into the court and the court determines it. <laughs> and that has court fees associated. So if you're under $500 and under, you might be fighting over 50 bucks. Right. Like you might be fighting over $100. If there isn't even a $1,000 deposit. But the buyer who walked away de- 
wrongly doesn't get it back either. No. Well, I know. So in a way, it still gives a little bit of skin in the game. I guess. If you I, get maybe like a thousand. I think I like a deposit if it's a thousand or more. Yeah. I do want to feel like the buyer is serious enough to write that check, whether yes. or not I know they're going to get it back for pretty much everything. And right. I tell the seller that. Make sure you guys are telling your seller that up yeah. front. Because they'll be confused and think the buyer, you know, got worked up in the inspection and canceled for what the seller considers to be no reason. And they think they get the thousand dollars. Right. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, So I but but. The fact that they don't have a broker that can even hold a deposit is an interesting Mm -hmm. situation. So even if that agent felt like a deposit, what if you're in a multiple offer situation? Let's take it there. Yeah. So there's multiple offers from different offices, not all in the cloud some in the cloud, and someone's offering a $2,000 deposit, all the other terms are the same, and someone's offering no deposit because their broker can't deal mm-hmm. with it, then, I mean, like, wouldn't that make a difference? Right. But I guess if you're listing it, they won't take a deposit. No. You try to offer a good deposit, and they're like, no, we don't hold deposits. We can't, we can't do but it. But it seems like if you had an attorney seller, they would be like, oh, why is the deposit blank? Like, I want a deposit. Yeah. It, I want the buyer to put up something. Well, it just feels like you're not serious. I know. I just don't know. I wish deposits as a whole were taken more seriously, but I think not having them at all just makes it like... Yeah. And in other markets, <sighs> it's totally different with escrow and the way that the transaction is is mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. It's just... Yeah. I have I have always been heavily recruited because of the companies that are such a strong proponent of revenue sharing and recruiting and... Here's my thoughts on it. (laughs) I want to sell real estate. Right. I don't want a side hustle. Like, I don't want to be a... Like, to me, that's a whole other job. And some of these companies have training on recruiting. They're training you to recruit. Uh, They're like trained to sell real estate. Yeah. Instead of having a lunch and learn on making money off of other people, just go make your own money and buy rental property or something. Why doesn't, why, and why doesn't a broker want one agent that sells 30 houses instead of 30 agents that sell one house? I know. That's a lot to keep track of. But my thing is, because I had someone very strongly try to sell me on it. (laughs) And I'm like, I know you just want me under you. (gasps) To get all the numbers. You just want my numbers. You want me to fund your retirement. No thanks. Because that's the dream they're selling. They're selling, yeah, look, you know, real estate doesn't have a lot of benefits. So what you do is you recruit. And by the time you're 60, you have all these people under you. And then you can retire. But let me tell you this. I am not basing my retirement on the production of other people. Right. My retirement is going to be in my own hands based off of the rental properties that I bought selling real estate. Yeah. And I'm not going to be sad if if Susie quit real estate and now my retirement check is going to be a little bit smaller because seven of the 10 people that I recruited didn't make it. Right. And I spent all that time recruiting and lunching and coffeeing and, you know, Uh -uh. and then I... And it's one of those things, too, where they do promise the big numbers. Yep. But if you actually do the math, you have to have a lot of people under you to travel the world and not work anymore. To retire. So I personally don't like it because it makes me feel icky when somebody tries to recruit me under that model because it lets me know. You're just trying to get my numbers under you so that you can one day not work and travel the world. Right. Take all this effort and go sell real estate and make money and do it the yeah. do it 
control it yourself instead of using others for money. I mean, it feels like it makes people like a commodity. Yes. Oh, I'm just, they're moving bodies around. And I'll be honest, I'm passionate about it because I am, I'm, I went through a phase where I was borderline harassed. harassed. It can be harassing. One day, this was like three years ago, in one hour, I got three or four Facebook messages. They were in a class. And they they were. (laughs) And they all kind of said the same thing. It said like, hey, Alyssa, how are you? Oh, that your dog is so cute. Um, You know, saw all the fluff that they tell you. And then they go in for the punchline and they're like, "Um, I'd love to meet you for coffee and tell you about, you know, ABC. You know what you should have done. What? You should have told all of them yes, sent them all to the same place at the same time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They could meet each other. (laughs) Well, I did respond to all of them. And I said. You're very polite. I said, well, this is interesting. I just got three of almost the same message within one hour. Y'all must be in some kind of training. And I responded that to all three of them. And did they respond? Yes. And well, one of them was someone I actually like knew pretty well. Like she used to be with my company and now she's not anymore. And she's with the other company. Right. And uh, she said, yeah, I'm just going to be honest with you. He used you as an example. Oh, my word. And put your numbers on the board. Oh, my word. And said, whoever recruits her will make X amount of money a year. They knew the dollar figure assigned to you? Yes. Oh, that's so icky. It made me just feel like so annoying and used and used and i was just like you don't want coffee you want money and you're not gonna get my money ever oh my word it just i'm like when other realtors want to recruit other realtors i'm like listen find a broker that just wants you to sell real estate (laughs) because you know why they will help you and cheer for you and want you to do that. Yeah. And they won't be splitting their focus onto you. Well, yeah, sell some real estate, but also go recruit some people. Well, then you don't feel pressured because I'll tell you, like anytime you get involved in something like that, you do feel like, man, I should be recruiting. I should be doing this. Why? I should be because that's what's being preached in that culture. No, so if that's not you. the culture for you, it's not the culture for me. And I right. have been a victim of that culture. I mean, I haven't in a long time. Maybe they just, you know why? Because I've been in the same office for 14 years. Yeah. Maybe they know, like, mm-hmm. just just back off. It comes in spurts. I feel so like crazy. whenever the companies are doing, like, a special recruiting <sighs> conference I or know. whatever, then it kind of starts back up again. And then I just shoot it down so fast now. It, I know. But... I don't know. I just feel like if you want to, if you want residual income, go buy rental property, go do right. something else to make money and, yeah. and don't put, because what if you finally, after years of trying, get me and then I quit or right. die or something <laughs> like, you know, just then you would be Terrible. so sad that you're, you're retirement you spent all that plan. time trying. Yeah. Oh my, I just this- don't. I don't like any of it. No, I don't either. And this is a way tangent from technology, but it is the power of people in the wrong direction. <laughs> I think the reason it came up is because when I was researching the, the way that the real estate industry is changing, changing, they said realtors are focusing less on selling real <gasps> estate and more on side hustles that produce residual income and in some cases using each it. other. Oh, wow. That is a good point. Yeah, it's So weird. that's the disruption part. The of disruption that. part. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Another thing I'm not sure about is like, we have some really successful teams yeah. in the cloud and we may have to interview them to pick yeah. their brain and understand because I'm curious. But like, 
if you are such a successful team and you have your own office and you pay for your own building yeah. and your own space and you're, you are, you don't really need them. What do you need them for? Like what's keeping you from just going being and a being broker. your own company? That's a very interesting point. Like what is the cloud offer that you couldn't just do better as as your own on your own yeah if you if you have a team of 15 because you are still paying your own well right company you are still paying some amount of money you are to work there i know yeah okay that's interesting so I, that's something i kind of want to find out okay so we'll i'd be curious if you're on a team out there yeah that, that's in the cloud that's in the cloud with a broker that's in the cloud why and you're operating like your own individual company company why not just be your own individual company. I think that's a great thing we should find I'm, out. I'm very curious about yeah, it. Yeah, because I, I do want to, like, disclaimer. I know they probably turned us off already. If <laughs> if you're feeling, like, victimized by this episode, um, it we're not. Everybody's different. Everybody's got their own JM. Yeah. But we just want to make sure. And these are questions that we have had our listeners yeah. ask. And you hear them a lot, and you've heard them a lot on your coffee dates, especially when yes. you get team members. And, you know, this is what's working for us. This is how we feel about it. I am passionate about people's mindset around disruption. I think that it is crazy that people are just, like, so upset about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like me being upset that they created electricity. Like, <laughs> the like things are going to advance. I, we right. can't just sit in our little... And it's interesting, too, because you'll also catch this. You know, when I started real estate, just like you, I was on the way young end of the average age of a realtor. I mean, I was in my later 20s, like 27. You were way young. But the average age was, what, 55? It still is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, bless them. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But sometimes they're a little resistant to change. The older you get, the more set in your ways you are. And these changes are going to come. like, And they're coming quickly. I think that's the thing, too. Yeah, the pace they, at which they're coming. I think they're coming quickly makes because it hard the economy to keep up with. is good. Yeah. And so they can try. Zillow can try everything they want to try. They've got a zillion dollars. Right. So um, the other thing while we were on kind of the team model and the, you know, different cloud brokers and the actual real estate company, one of the things I'm curious about with disruption, what I think. I've heard a little about and I kind of agree with is the personal branding part of this. Yeah. Like you will see um, teams with all different companies that brand the team or agents that brand themselves, which I think is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like there's almost no affiliation with that company that is the broker. Sure. You know, you sometimes it's hard to figure out. And I know in our Louisiana law, there's all these rules and regulations about how you advertise and the broker has to be obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, There are tons of violations Mm. against that because it's sometimes very difficult for even me as a realtor to figure out what company people work for. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just know you and your name and your little team's logo or whatever you got going on. I don't have a clue who the broker, who your broker is. Right. Um, And I think that traditional brokerages at some point will probably go away. I think. Mm -hmm. I think that personal branding is important. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, you and how you service your client is is all in your hands and and is branded to you. And that is an experience that only you will give. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't train 10 more people to do that, but But 10 more people will never be you. And if you are, and I mean, I can't understand either that some of these large brokerages and franchises are encouraging their their agents to personally brand themselves. And I almost feel like they're removing themselves. Yeah. Like they're telling them, go be, pick a logo, pick a name, pick, Mm -hmm. you know, go brand yourself. Well, 
then why do I need you? Right. Why wouldn't I at some point? I guess it's because I'm invested. And that's in- why I think we're seeing the evolution to the cloud. Yeah. And to things like that. Yeah. I think so too. Interesting. It's very interesting. Um, I also wanted to talk about using technology to your advantage. I like it. Okay. Um, you know, use what you got. Mm-hmm. If you're going on a listing appointment or a buyer appointment, go Google the people. <laughs> go stalk them on Facebook. <laughs> like, go send your client. If you meet someone at an open house who mentions their first name and what street they live on, go check the tax records and send those people a handwritten note. Yeah. I mean, you have access to so much information as a result of technology. Yeah, it's just there waiting for you. Use it. You're not, you don't even have to dig that hard. Right. It's just Use there. It. I cannot tell you how many clients I have gotten over the years by doing something that simple or bringing the tax report with me to a showing. And I had a buyer who was like, oh, wow, you're very knowledgeable. I'm like, yeah, all this stuff was on the internet. But yeah. you're right. I knew where to find it. And I knew it was important. And I brought it along. So. I think, and for safety purposes too, mm-hmm. Google those clients. Yeah. Facebook, um, you need to know. Right. So I think you can use technology to your advantage and in so many other ways. You don't have to be a Zillow premier agent to get your clients to put a review on Zillow. No. And I have gotten business off of reviews on Zillow and I am not a premier agent. Sure. So people are going to be out in the world looking for information. If they happen to be people that like Zillow, well, at least you better have your sales on there. Yeah. Do you know that your sales are not automatically on there? Might have been starting to. Sometimes they will be. Not all of them. Sometimes they won't. So I usually at the end of the year or at some point, you know, twice check a year, them. go and check them and add them in. I yeah. have also I had. That's important. I've had other, other agents claim mine. Wow. And then you have to request them to. Give it back. Yeah. Wow. I mean, not, I didn't know that. Not that much, but I think in some markets, that's like a that's like a thing. Yeah. Like people will just try and say your sales are theirs. Who cares? Right. Like it's just so crazy. But um, but use it. If you know all the buyers are on Zillow, then you better have a pretty picture on Zillow of your face. Mm-hmm. And you like don't be the agent with no profile photo. <laughs> right. And I mean not just on Zillow, on the Everywhere. MLS, yeah. on your company's website, on Realtor.com, wherever it is that you need to upload a photo as an agent and set up an account, not a paid one, just your profile, you got to do that. Yeah. That's a must complete. If a buyer goes through the internet and types your name and sees a consistent photo of you, then that is branding and that is professionalism yeah. and that is important. I mean, I like that my that my clients are online first looking at the listings. I like that I can provide a service to a seller by having professional photos. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you got to use what you know is going to happen. There's a lot of good tools. So many. We hardly use any of them because we're so simple. I know. But, I mean, Trello is, this is technology. Right. There's tons of good technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, even the lockbox, can you imagine mm. what it was like? And we've talked about this before, back in the day. Having to go get all the keys. Oh, my Not word. lose the keys. Yeah. You couldn't have done more than really five. Five showings. No. Otherwise, I can't even imagine. Right. Yeah. Bring the keys back. Make sure the key, like, what on earth? I would have taken forever. We are so lucky to practice real estate. They were probably so excited to get the super keys. Oh my gosh. Like, what? I don't have to go to these offices anymore. I cannot even imagine. That's awesome. It's so great. So, I think that we're just very lucky. Yeah. And look, the showing fee, showing time is going to send out an email and ask people for feedback. Hallelujah. Yeah. Automation is awesome. (laughs) 
And mean, there's so much of it that we can use to our advantage. I agree. So I think that you've got to just keep learning and building your knowledge of your market too. Right. Be a market expert. Mm-hmm. You will always beat a computer. Always. Always. You don't have to be scared. I'm not scared. Me either. Right. We don't want y'all to be scared either. <laughs> if you're doing it the right way. Yeah. And you're operating like you should be, you're you're safe. You're safe. If and you're not bringing any value, you know, you might. I think not only are you safe, you will thrive. Oh, yeah. You will thrive as it shifts. Mm-hmm. You will thrive in the face of this disruption. I agree. I think that's awesome. I'm totally positive about it. Me too. I got no worries. Um, What else you got? That's it. That's it. I think so. I mean, yep. I'm happy. I've said my piece. I've got on my soapbox. I like it. I think I'm good. Okay. I'm not worried about disruption. Me either. <laughs> I think it's Are fine. you done? You're I'm good? I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Today, we're going to toast to Megan Adams. Okay. Megan is in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Oh. We have lots of friends in Wisconsin. I like them. I love that. She has always tagged us in her post. She's a good supporter of the podcast. She sent in a question when we needed questions for appraisers. And we're just so thankful for her and that she participates. And we just wanted to toast to her and say cheers to Megan. She is always doing good, um, all kinds of good content. She's yeah, great. No, her, her Instagram's really good. Yeah, her Instagram is great. So um, Homegirl Megs. I even like her Instagram name. Oh, I like Y'all that. Y'all go yeah. follow Homegirl Megs and we'll cheers. Thanks, Meg. Thanks. Cheers to you. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.